It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and C92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, welcome to episode 138 of Three Point Podcast and day 201 of the COVID crisis. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. I'm Ted Fattel. Our middleman on the phone is uh, Matt Burns of ESPN. He's in North Carolina. And the young gun, Jared Fattel, joins me here in our mid-Michigan studios. I'll tell you what, guys, we've got a lot of stuff to get into. You know, some good sports going on. Uh, we got the uh, NBA Finals getting yep. underway this week. we got Major League Baseball. It's, it's wild how they set up their season. And probably the most important sporting event of all, it starts tonight since we're recording here on Tuesday. Biden against Trump. Are you guys looking forward to that one? A little bit of off-pod, Matt, just so you heard what happened. Uh, I, My Uncle Ted, uh, Ted, obviously got a call from my grandpa on how to record the debate. <laughs> and they talked back and forth for about five to ten minutes on how to do so. And I don't think it was even solved, was it? It wasn't solved because we were running out of time. I had to pass it on to my wife. <laughs> that must have been the most intriguing phone call. Hearing uh, Ted try to explain to your grandpa how to record. Does he... I, I mean, I assume he does. He have DVR. Is he still using yes. a, a VCR? No, he has a DVR, and he does pretty good with that kind of stuff. He still gets on the computer, does Facebook and emails yep. and stuff, and very handy with the tools. Still at ninety years old, he just repaired a lawnmower that Jared's dad left out in the cold and rain and snow for about two years, and got that thing running just this weekend. That was pretty impressive. I'm a little bit less impressed with your abilities. You kind of parade around <laughs> as the DVR guy. And you couldn't, you said, you, he said, quote unquote, he couldn't figure it out without holding the remote in his hand. So that's where we're at with that. Remember who I'm oh, talking so, to so on what? the other end. But Ted, you're, you're a visual learner is what you're saying, Ted. You got to see it. Yeah, that's very true. And especially the older I get, as Jared can see here, I got paperwork everywhere. I always have to write things down and yep. uh, that's how I roll. Always have really, but it's even more so now that I'm older. But back to my original question. Uh, Jared, first of all, you're registered to vote. You're yes. planning on voting this November yes. 3rd, right? Matt, I know you're a true American. You're planning on voting. <laughs> um, now, is there anything really, you know, and we're not going to get deep into politics, but I think we all would agree 
that everybody is anxious to see how Joe Biden performs against Donald Trump. I think Trump has the upper hand. Trump knows how to keep things going in his his way, if you will. I, I'm intrigued to see how Biden handles himself. I'm not going to lie. I'm normally not a politics guy. This has me. I will at least watch the first, you know, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. feel it out, and go on from there, which is a lot more than I can say about basically anything else politics related. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I feel like this is like the entertainment value in this one is going to be higher than at least any that I remember anyway, not even taking the politics into it. People, like you said, people want to see what Biden is going to do. Even Trump, he always goes off on tangents and just says just ridiculous stuff and all the gifs that are created (laughs) from all of Trump's press conferences and all that stuff. So I feel like I was talking to my wife real quick before when we were eating dinner before we started recording. And I was like, this debate, I feel like there's going to be very little actual content, like actual politics. Let's talk talk about the issues, what they're going to do if they're elected and all that stuff. It's just going to be like... Two, like, high school boyfriend-girlfriend bickering back and forth. Well, you did this. Well, you did this. Well, what about your son? What about your son? And it's going to be just, like, grab your popcorn and sit back and just be entertained. Yeah. So let me say this. In terms of entertainment value, I'll say Donald Trump is one of the best in the United States. I mean, just regardless of anything. But what would you guys think would be more entertaining? I'm not saying – I know that you guys are obviously leaning toward voting for, for Biden – but what would be more entertaining just in tonight in terms of value, like what you would like to see like people talking about on Twitter? Let's say Biden comes out like guns blazing, uh, just like nailing every single point, every fact, or he pulls like a Ted Cruz and just like uh, like repeats the same things like over and over and kind of blows up. Which one's more entertaining? Well, I would say it'd be entertaining if he, if he did come out and just buried Trump, but we know that's not going to happen. I and you know I don't know. I, I that's why I'm intrigued with it. Is is Trump going to get him stumbling? Is you know you know because Biden's not his his strength is not putting together good replies to tough questions. Sometimes he has to think a little bit long, and you know that happens when you get older too. So I, it'll be interesting to see. Trump seems to be more uh, on top of his game most of the time, but if they're not coached up real well and going off the cuff, it could be real entertaining. I think there's going to be a lot of can't understand what these guys are saying (laughs) because they both, like, slur their words, and people have joked about these guys are probably on a number of controlled substances, I guess, (laughs) to help keep them awake and keep their minds going, so... I, you have no idea what to expect from this debate. We should, we should have done a little more research. This last thing I'll have on the debate, you know, I bet there's some pretty interesting odds in Vegas. I mean, what are the odds? Is Biden coming out with a mask and then going to take it off once he's at the podium, or is he going to come out that's without the mask? That's what you were. That's just, what you're like worried about. I'm, no, I'm not worried about it. I'm just I'm kind of throwing that out there, kind of tying it into sports and gambling. Here's here's right. okay. I like the tie-in. I'll say this. I, I was reading a, a before this, believe it or not, and Trump was saying basically how he's not going to do any test runs. He doesn't need to practice debating. Doesn't doesn't need to do anything like that. And it's kind of interesting if you think about it. That's where things start to go wrong like when you need a little too cocky like a mike tyson buster (laughs) douglas type situation so we'll see well it should be interesting and must watch tv there's other stuff going on too with the baseball playoffs and we'll get into some of the other sports next that'll be our little political segment of the podcast before we get to the sports and the main part of the podcast i want to tell you about the great folks at advanced elevator they have the best trained professional field technicians for installation troubleshooting and repair of elevators in the entire midwest centrally located with headquarters in the heart of owasso an area business leader and a long time huge supporter of the corona public schools and proud member of the shiawassee regional chamber of commerce since the year 2000 and by the way i want to say a big shout out to the jankas there as they hopped on board for another year of sponsorship of three point podcast but how about that so thank you very much to them also hankered sportswear is the area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers the hankered sportswear team provides or prides themselves by giving a good product at a great value 100 percent guaranteed to satisfy your expectations owasso corona and st paul school spirit wear in stock special items for family sporting business and charity events along with printing for signs and banners for your upcoming events they're located in downtown Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Phone 989-725-2979. Or give them a follow on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. And by the way, on for an annual contract as well. The Lions, the Lions, the Lions. Good God, fellas. I don't know if it's just me, but I viewed this past week, even though they won. They beat the Cardinals. Uh, everyone seems to be kind of like guys like Ted and Matt. You guys are kind of almost somewhat back on the Kool-Aid. This was basically a loss for us. 
I thought we were all in tank. I thought we had all agreed first two games. We're going to see where we're at. And then from there on, we're just going to go 100%. We want to tank for Tua. And then of our tank for Trevor, I mean. And then, of course, as, as soon as the Lions tee it up and, and start playing, all the Lions fans are just gung-ho about winning the game. No, we want to lose these games. We don't want to win these games. This is overall a big-time loss for us. The biggest loss we've had all year. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with your take, other than the fact that, no, I'm not on the Kool-Aid. Uh, definitely I'm not on the Kool-Aid. But, I mean, you got to admit, when we were talking at the high school game we did the other night, I told you what was going to happen, and we both were in agreement. We thought Lions were going to win this game and screw everything up, and sure as hell they did yeah i think like part of it too is like see how they probably could have should have whatever won against the bears i don't trust the bears i mean they just already went to their backup quarterback i mean if you want to call nick Foles their backup i think he was gonna come in at some point this season so who knows what the bears are gonna do the packers look really good the vikings look like they stink so it's another one of those like are we getting bamboozled again by the lions because it looks like everything's in front of them and, like, I saw a stat today that their next eight opponents, their combined record is 6-18. and 18. Hmm. So, and we know they play the Saints next, and the Saints aren't playing well. Drew Brees is looking like he's kind of falling off that cliff. So, right, if they can get to 2-2 two and two before this bye week, I mean, are they in, like, the hunt for the playoffs? And, yeah, screwing up the whole tank for Trevor. But, you know, Patricia wasn't – Patricia's coaching for his job. So he's not looking to tank for Trevor because if they go 3-13 and 13 or something, Patricia's out the door. So, I mean, they're not looking to tank at all. Yeah, and they do, they do have an expanded playoff this year too, right? So, yep. I mean, yeah. if they can get to 2-2 two and two and get a little confidence going and, you know, get back healthy and, you know, Jeff Okuda who – had his ups and downs yeah, in that game. <laughs> he had a nice pick. A lot of downs and one up. Well, that's okay. really how I would describe it. Yeah, we knew his. I was telling you, we were talking about how, yeah, like you said, Friday night we were talking about it. And the most public money that was bet on any team in uh, the NFL that week was the Cardinals. And as soon as you see that, you know that there's no way that the casino is going to lose like all that money. So whenever that happens, you know it's just obviously going to flip the other way. I didn't think the Lions were going to actually win, I thought they might cover. But here's the thing about this Lions team. I don't understand why why is it like they seem so they they're a different team from one day to the next. And and they're almost like taking their this win and like celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl. Like same thing with Lions fans. All over Twitter I'm seeing Jeff Okuda tweeting how they this keep this energy up and all these other defensive backs talking about how like this is the team that we are. Like all you guys that hated on us like don't jump back on the train now. Like what are you talking about? You beat a team that won 5 games last year. They won five games last year. We're acting like they're the New England Patriots or the Kansas City Chiefs. They won five games. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you could expect think, the players to have that kind of comment. I mean, I, I would expect nothing less. The fans, a little different story, but Lion fans are very fickle, as we all know, and I'm right there with them. Yeah. Very fickle, but, I mean, very loyal, too, to think that they've stuck by the worst franchise in probably all of sports. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I know the Cardinals, they're not necessarily, like, Super Bowl favorites, but... I mean, Kyler Murray, he was putting up ridiculous numbers, not like Patrick Mahomes-type numbers, but he was putting up huge numbers, and they did pretty well. I mean, they picked him off three times, and they didn't let him run around. So these are the things that, like, you see these flashes of maybe Matt Patricia does know a little bit about defense because they, like, basically completely changed their whole philosophy and ran a lot more zone because Kyler Murray is short, and like they were saying, he can't really see over the offensive line, so running a zone works a little better against Kyler Murray and it seemed to because he threw three interceptions probably should have had like four or five because the Lions dropped a couple picks but so you know you like see these things where it's like does Patricia actually know what he's doing but like you said Jared why is it like one week they look like a pretty good football team and then the next week they're getting smoked by the Packers and they look like they should just blow everything up right away because even the offense started to look a little better they started getting Hawkinson involved Jesse James finally actually caught a couple passes Galladay was back. So you just start wondering, like, geez, are you going to put this together? Or, right, next week against the Saints, you're going to go lose by 30. Because, I mean, I have no idea what to expect. Do you guys think they're going to go out and, like, lay an egg against the Saints? Who knows? I would say the Saints would be favored maybe by two points, three points coming into that game. But, uh you know, I think the Lions at home, even though there's no fans, you know, they got the home cooking and everything else that goes with it. I, I think, you know, pretty even chance they could win that game and go two and two i don't know they are healthy you know 
they have confidence coming off that win on the road. If you're thinking about oh, Drew Brees' regress, Drew Brees done this. I'm not Drew saying that. that. I'm saying a shootout. No, you want to see a team that is going to make sure that he's right back to where he was like 10 years ago? It's going to be this Detroit Lions defense. <laughs> so just wait for that. Well put. Something that makes me a little bit nervous, though. Uh, how about this? DeAndre Swift, six snaps. The new like second rounder, like rookie running back that's supposed to be a stud, six snaps. Draw Davis, who I honestly thought was like a really good linebacker, didn't even really play either. I just don't understand. Like we're so bad at drafting is really what it comes. That's problem number one, two, and three. I'm not sure if you can blame Patricia for that, but it just seems to be problem number one, two, and three is drafting. I we're would say bad. I would say you can't blame Patricia, and I would say you give him a check on the right side that he's doing some coaching because if the guys aren't performing, he's not looking at their draft status. He's playing his best players. By the way, did you see when he got into Okuda when Okuda pulled himself out of the game? I did not. He, he was not happy with that move at all. Okuda made a pretty good play, you know, and he was a little bit gassed and came to the sidelines. He didn't wave to the coach to put a sub in. He said something to the backup defensive back, get in there. I'm tired. <laughs> Patricia laid right into him, and I liked, I liked to see that, and actually. And that's Okuda playing one every three series. It's like, <laughs> what? Well, th- that's what they talked about, but he, was, he pretty much played most of that game now. They're, they're going to play him. Yeah. And I, let, let's give the kid a little bit of a break. Him and Swift, they are rookies after all. It's a little bit different going to the NFL. I think I've seen enough of Akuda. Yeah, he got he got faked right out of his jockstrap by Murray one time, <laughs> one of the biggest fakes ever. But I think the kid's going to be all right, even if he's wearing number 30, Jared. No, I mean, yeah, he definitely looks like he can play. And like we've said before, we saw him at Ohio State a lot. But he didn't get a preseason. He was hurt, so he didn't, you know, he was sitting out a couple weeks. That's what he said his conditioning was bad when he checked himself out. You never like to see a guy like check himself out like that. So it was cool to see Patricia actually lay into him. But, I mean, he was drafted at number three. So, like, to me, like, these should be the expectations. He should be coming up with big tackles. He should be getting interceptions and stuff like that if you're number three in the, in the NFL draft. And same with Hawkinson. Like, they're finally actually starting to get him involved a little bit. So hopefully that continues because – if you're drafting a tight end at number eight, you think you actually want to throw him the ball. So, I don't know. We'll see. You have to wonder, too, if, like, the no preseason, Stafford was a little rusty, you know, weeks one and two. Maybe that was the no preseason thing. Like, at first I kind of thought, like, yeah, whatever. No preseason doesn't really matter. But maybe there are some teams, like, shaking off some rust because of no preseason. You know, we've talked, too, about uh, Patricia being shown the door, and I'm still kind of on that that tangent. You know, his counterpart in that game comes in with the high accolades. He's a young genius, and but he probably had the biggest goof of the game when he pulled Murray on a fourth down and about a half a yard and went with his backup quarterback, and lo and behold, they jumped the gun, weren't used to his cadence, and I, everybody was scratching their head on that one. I mean, I, that was a very bizarre call. Yeah, I think like that, that was definitely one of those things where sometimes I think coaches or offensive coordinators or whatever, they try and, like, overthink things mm-hmm. i think even the, the commentator during the game they said why you have kyler murray why would you ever take him out of the game like even even for some like one gimmicky play or something like that and then you see what happens if you've got kyler murray if you've got patrick mahomes you got aaron Rodgers, you don't ever like ever take those guys out of the game so yeah that, that seemed like he was overthinking a little bit textbook overthinking that's it was a it was a patricia move <laughs> and, and Cliff Kingsbury kind of people, everybody kind of jumped back onto the ship after the first couple weeks. But right. I mean, his record is still not very good in the NFL. Yeah, like I believe uh, seven and like sixteen or something around those lines. Patricia ish. Yeah. Well, the jury's out on him for record sure. Never his record was never good in college either. Yeah. So no, yep. that's the whole thing with him. NFL in general, fellas. You know, three games in. I mean, we saw Pat Mahomes last night. Haha. <laughs> uh, he is definitely the real deal. I, I think we'd all would agree the best quarterback in football. Uh, there's been there's been some good play, some interesting play this year without the fans in the stands. You know, yeah, teams do have home field, but it's not quite the same. It's going to be very similar, I think, to what we saw in the uh, NBA bubble. You know, I mean, it's going to be tough to figure out who's going to win week in and week out. I think I think that's something that Vegas is still trying to figure out is how much because usually it's like a three point advantage yep. for being at home right uh, off the top right off the top and I think they're still kind of trying to figure that out and I don't know about you guys watching the uh, Ravens versus Chiefs that was the first time it kind I really felt the no fans because that was like such a big game and there's a lot of big plays mm-hmm. and there just was no crowd at all no crowd noise no nothing it just it just didn't it, that was the first time it really kind of clicked in my brain like wow there's no fans in the NFL this year yeah I had the well, same especially feeling especially that that game being on Monday Night Football yeah. usually those are a little more 
electric. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it felt like there was nothing going on. I feel like I felt it last week with the Lions at, uh, at in Green Bay at Lambeau. You know, usually that's even if it is a Lions game, usually Lambeau Field is, like, a pretty cool environment, mm-hmm. and especially with the Lambeau Leap and stuff like that, and there was just nothing. So, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm almost, like, used to it, though. Like, yeah, you notice it, but maybe because I've watched so much NBA – kind of getting used to the no fan thing it does yeah like last night's game the monday night game it, it did feel a little strange though yeah it, it definitely did and I, I don't know what the what the word is there you know throughout the company but you know i think the monday night crew they have is very sufficient but boy i'd sure like to see <laughs> see fowler and herb street <laughs> just sufficient though huh i'm not overly sold on them i mean i when fowler and herb street did their game i thought that was just absolutely fantastic oh, and I, I well here's how i look at it monday night i think really needs it needs pizzazz. You know, it, it needs to feel like it is must-see TV, and part of that is with the broadcasting team. And, again, I'm not, I don't want to criticize them because I think they, they do a, a very solid professional job. I really do. But I, I, I look at Monday Night Football, and I go back way back. You guys know that I was around for the Howard Cosell days, and those were must-watch TV with him and Meredith and Gifford. And, you know, when you had John Madden was doing them and you had Al Michaels, I mean, it sounded like it was an event. I don't think Monday Night Football, to me, has felt like a must-see event. I mean, obviously, we've talked about it before. Sunday Night Football has surpassed it. Yeah. And I think part of that is the, the broadcasters. I mean, I know ESPN, they made a serious push at trying to get maybe Michaels, maybe Peyton Manning. How, how would that have been? That would have been fantastic. It would have had that big game feel. And that's, that's just coming from me, my own personal opinion. See, I don't know how Peyton Manning would be in the booth. I, like, listening to him, he's good in, like, SNL skits or on Allstate commercials or whatever. But I don't know. Like, people always talk about Peyton Manning being a home run in the booth just because of Tony Romo. I think that's part of it. People think Tony Romo did it, so Peyton Manning should be. I don't know. I think listening to Peyton Manning, I would I would rather listen to Brian Greasy or Lewis Riddick in the booth than Peyton Manning. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think that it's a sufficient booth, pretty much like what you said. It's I wouldn't complain about it at all. I wouldn't say that it lacks this or that. I don't know. It, it, all, it all comes down to the game at the end of the day. Ah, true. Really, I mean, it was must-watch TV last night when it was Chiefs and Ravens, and usually the Monday night football games aren't that good anymore. It seems like the, it's been, like you said, it's been surpassed by like Sunday night football where they get the first pick, right. and the Monday night football almost gets the scraps every week, it seems well, like. Other than Thursday, because we got the Jets and Broncos coming up this yeah. week. <laughs> what a marquee matchup that is for the <laughs> NFL Network, huh? <laughs> well, we'll get to the next topic here, but before we do, I just want to tell you about Sheridan Auction Service. They always have a wide variety of items in real estate on the docket. Go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on uh, their upcoming auctions. Auction houses packed with all kinds of great items. Big addition to their building here in Owasso, and you can stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Also, another one of our great partners, Nelson House Funeral Homes. Their number one goal is to serve the families in our community. Their top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. They're the best in the business. For more details, see them on the web at nelson-house.com. And also, hey, with the NBA Finals getting underway, Major League Baseball pretty much having wall-to-wall games during the day, Rivals Tap House and Grill, that's where you got to be. That's the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast, open for dine-in service again, full menu, specializing in pub sandwiches and more. Come on out for the Thursday bike nights, great first-of-the-month party coming up. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. Well, I talked about the NBA Finals and the bubble, and hey, I think it's going to be a pretty good one, but the Lakers and LeBron seem to be on a mission. Guys, got some thoughts on this? Here's my thing that I have a problem with. I love LeBron. You guys know that. My favorite player ever. Favorite player definitely currently in the NBA. But when he was sitting down, something about when he was sitting down during the trophy presentation, it kind of just like rubbed me the wrong way because it's – you know that he, when he does that, he knows that there's, like, college frat guys that are just like, oh, my God, like, he doesn't even care that he just won, the like, the Western Conference Finals. Like, it's just another day for him. Like, that's the only – like, cause he's not that exhausted where he couldn't <laughs> stand for another few minutes. Like, he's doing that so that people act like, oh, like, it's like the drink – it's the Kermit the Frog drinking the tea. Like, he's acting like he doesn't even care. And maybe he doesn't care whatsoever. And I guess that's cool, but I just feel like LeBron's so, like, about his image in a way that it was a calculated move. He probably had that planned, like, for the last few days. Wow. I think it was definitely a calculated move because I, also he knows everything he does is on camera. Yeah. And he knows there's cameras on him all the time. So, yeah, I mean, he knew that sitting down people would see it. Maybe he is actually in that mindset finally. You know, he's whatever. What, same age as me, so 35. 
this is his tenth finals. So maybe it is a little bit like, okay, yes, he's excited to be in the finals, but maybe he is a little bit like in that Kobe mindset of the job isn't done because immediately they start comparing him sitting down to Kobe in one of the last uh, Western Conference trophy presentations. Kobe was doing the same thing. He just had, like, his arms crossed or whatever, saying the job isn't done. So, I mean, but maybe LeBron is actually getting to that point in his career where it's like, I mean, cool, another Western Conference Finals, we got to win the, we have to win the actual championship. So I think it, like, goes both ways. Yeah, people are going to do college frat guys, apparently, like what you're saying, or they're going to be like you and hate on him and be like, you knew you were going to be all over the news when you did that. So I don't know. I didn't put much into it. He was sitting down. Who cares? And, and there's a lot of stuff that LeBron does that he could basically do any. Like when he was wearing shorts that said leader and a shirt that said leader and a hat that said leader, like all in the same outfit. Like I was kind of like, all right, I mean, come on. Like obviously you're a leader, but I'm not sure if you need to wear all that gear. So it's like I give him a, a, a slide on a lot of stuff, but th- for some reason that just really bothered me more than than just about anything he's ever done in his career ever. But the thing that uh, I'm really looking forward to for this finals is the Miami Heat have so many guys that they can throw on LeBron that I think it is going to be their toughest series. Yeah, I mean, they've beaten everybody 4-1 to one this, thus far. But the fact that they have Andre Godala, Jimmy Butler, I mean, Bam Adebayo, they could even put on him whenever Anthony Davis isn't in. I just think it's going to be fun to watch those guys. Obviously, whenever Iggy, Iggy and LeBron are going back and forth, it's always fun to watch him guard LeBron because he's LeBron's always said that it's like the best guy that's ever guarded him pretty much. So it'll be fun to just watch those guys play. And it's going to be a fun series, like the, the fun uh, storyline, like LeBron versus the Heat, like this past yeah. team. Yeah, that and uh, seeing the continued development for some of these guys like Hero, I mean, and Duncan Robinson. I mean, some of these guys, it's just been fun to watch them play and make it to the championship. And this is a team, I think, if they can keep them together, it's going to be knocking on that door for a few years. You know, there's always changes in the NBA, of course, because of contracts. But uh, yeah, I think they'll play with the Lakers. I, if I had to go out on a limb, I'd say L.A. wins probably in six games. But uh I really like the way the Heat play, and it wouldn't be a complete shocker if they uh, if they upset them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to play the games. I just I always go back to with these series, especially a seven game series, like barring injuries. Obviously, if Anthony Davis or someone got hurt, that would change things. But like, do do we really think that the Heat can beat the Lakers four times? Like that's what I always think. Like, could it go six? Maybe even go seven? Sure. But who are we really going to trust in a game seven if everyone's healthy? LeBron or Jimmy Butler? Yeah. I mean, like, really, yeah, the, the Heat may win. You never know. But that's what I always go back to, like, if you're going to predict a, a series like this. It's like, do, do I really think the Heat can beat the Lakers four times? And, you know, I don't think so. Just because, yeah, Hero's playing great, but he's a rookie. I mean, he doesn't seem, like, to be bothered at all by the, the spotlight or anything like that. But, you know, he is still a rookie. I mean, Butler, yeah, I guess you could call him a superstar. But he's never been in this position. And you got Dragic and Duncan Robinson. And, and, you know, like, you start going down the list, and the Lakers roster is just full of veterans and guys who have been there. And Anthony Davis, I don't care. I mean, cool, Bam Adebayo, he's playing well. No one can guard Anthony Davis right now when he's rolling. And really, no one can guard LeBron when he's rolling either. So, like, when you start adding that stuff up, if everyone's healthy, I, you know, I would, I would almost say this might be a 4-1 series again. Very well could be. Now, do we we had talked about it before they even got back playing. Do you think an asterisk on this no, season? No, I, I don't either. I, I wanted to ask yeah. you. It's people who hate LeBron are going to say there's an asterisk. They're going to call it the Disney classic. <laughs> people that know like how much these guys have obviously cared about this and how hard they've worked toward it. They know that it's it's a legit title. Yeah, sure, it's not like it's not going to have the moment where the confetti. If they probably will have confetti fall, they'll yet, have it. Yeah. But they're not going to have the crowd. They're not going to have you know maybe that same sort of vibe. But it still matters. Still goes down to the record no, the same way. I, yeah, I don't see how anyone can say like I don't know what way you meant by asterisk. Like this was easier or like not as tough to win. Because yeah. it, in a sense, I would think if you're going to put an asterisk, I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, John Cooper, the Tampa Bay Lightning head coach, the, the team that just won the Stanley Cup Finals, he said he, he did an interview with SVP after they won the Cup, and he said that he's actually he's from Lansing, too. He's, he went to Lansing Catholic Central. Yeah, he coached but, uh, Yeah, he was a coach at Lansing Catholic. Started their hockey yeah, program. Yeah, yeah so, but he was, he was talking to SVP after, and SVP basically asked him the same question, and he said, no, I would, I would say this is the hardest Stanley Cup to win because we've been away from our families for so long. He said, like, I've missed anniversaries, I've missed birthdays, I've missed school, and these guys haven't talked to their wives, these guys haven't talked to their kids. You know, that whole, like, mental aspect of being in the bubble, 
I know the NBA has allowed like some significant others and stuff to come in, but I, like if anything, like I think this has been harder. And then especially like all everything that's going on outside of the bubble that LeBron just having to deal with and all these players are having to deal with. You know, I I think this, they're going to be drained. I feel like when this championship is finally done, these dudes are going to want to get the hell away from basketball and just like disconnect for like a month. So yeah. I don't. Know, I, I think this is one of the tougher championships to win. And I asked the question because I've heard it out there, but I happen to agree with both of you guys. I think this year, I mean, yeah, when you earn a home court advantage in a regular season of eighty-two games. Okay, that's one thing, and you're you're in a pretty good advantage when you play in front of those big crowds like we've talked about in San Francisco at the Oracle or whatever. But this, I think, is the real true championship because they're all in the same spot. It's a true tournament, no real home court advantage, and the best team, whoever it is, they're going to win it, whoever's playing the best. And, you know, I really like it. I mean, I think this is this is a one-of-a-kind situation, and I think we've talked about it before. I mean, the way the NBA has done it, even with the way they have their uh, their Zoom fans there, you know, on the television presentation, it's it's just awesome. It's just great basketball. I can't believe as much NBA basketball I watched this year more than any other year in the playoffs. I've seen really? more games. Yes. Do you, why do you think that is? Just because at the start there wasn't anything else on? Because now there's like football, there's yeah, that's part baseball, of it. there's all this other stuff. That's part of it. But, uh, you know, when they first started, they were it. And, you know, I was very curious to see what the presentation was going to be. And I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, the announcing was just like like normal. And like I said, even with the fake fans, the way they got it set up, it was it was very solid. I mean, and, and, and I'm still watching it, you know. Even the football's on right now. Uh, I'm watching the NBA Finals. That's what it's the one thing I will say about this year is I love the schedule. I know they're never going to adopt the every other night schedule, right. but that has been awesome. Whereas in years past, you have to check the schedule, figure out who's playing, what time they're playing. The NBA Finals schedule never ever made sense. It remember it'd be like what, uh, every other game, and then they take a three three day gap and then play again. Like it, so I'm looking forward to this year where it's just going to be every other day they're going to get it over with quick. The players hate everything about back to backs or. Even every other night. So if you, if they were going to do that, you'd see even even more load management if they if they ever went through a schedule like this. Yeah. Well, we're looking at it as fans, not the actual players. I agree with what you're saying there. So it's going to be fun. We all think the Lakers, right? We don't don't think the Heat's going to somehow pull it off. We all in agreement. I mean, they might. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, people probably said the same thing back in 2004 when the Pistons went up against the Lakers. The Lakers were the favorite with Shaq and Kobe and all those guys. So you never know. I just. Like I said, the LeBron and AD thing. I don't know what the Heat will do with both of those guys for seven games. Yeah, and before we move on to another topic, uh, I just want to throw Major League Baseball in there for a little bit. The Tigers' season ends. You know, they're pretty much like they were last year. They got the third pick in the draft. They showed a little bit of improvement, but not much. But uh, the thing to me is with the expanded playoffs in Major League Baseball, I kind of like it with the eight teams on each side. The one thing that's really I find unfair, though, is, you know, you earn the number one seed, and, yeah, you play the eighth seed, but it's a best-of-three series. It's going to be fun for fans to watch, but for the players, I, I don't know if that's real fair. No, yeah, because it, it, I think they they talked about that before, a few years ago or something, but um, and the thing that people always talk about is if you have, like, you know, like think about back when the Tigers, when they had, like, Verlander, Scherzer, Fister, David Price, you know, say you have a rotation like that, a best of three series, it's almost, I mean, you're almost a lock to win. If you could start, you know, back then, like a Verlander and Scherzer, there you go. So, I mean, like, if you, it doesn't necessarily show who the best team is, whereas a best of five or a best of seven, you end up seeing who the best team is. Right. Yeah, and if I, I probably would have mixed it up a little bit with the top two seeds, maybe somehow getting even a bye in the first round, but as a fan, and especially with no no horse in the race, with the Tigers completely out and done, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, when these games get down to game three, and you know whoever wins that game moves on, it's going to be kind of fun to watch. It just depends when it's going on TV. Yeah. If it's against the NBA, forget it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of out on it. I it's just not for me. I don't know. Yeah. I never could get into it when there was fans. I'm definitely not going to be able to get into it now that there's no fans. I know. Matt and I are the resident I know, it, baseball fans. <laughs> I've even this year though I've I definitely I keep paying attention and I've watched a little bit but I don't know if it was because of the Tigers just stunk or what but it was tough for me to really get into baseball this summer too maybe it's because 
the NBA came back, and I've been watching a lot of NBA, and then obviously now football. But if the Tigers were playing, I would still be. I'd be watching every single Tigers game. But I don't know. There's just something about this baseball season. It just didn't didn't really get me. That and the NHL. I had, I you could have told me that Aaron Judge hit a million home runs this year, and I would have believed you. I have no idea. Same thing with the NHL. All of a sudden, the Tampa Bay Lightning are champions. Yeah, that happened. Like I didn't even Last know the night. playoffs were going on. I didn't even know that that was even going on. Well, well, let's face it. Most of our listeners know. I mean, we're we're not the biggest hockey fans in the world, but it is one of the major sports. And frankly, we've talked about the fact that they handled their bubble exceptionally well. Uh, I think they. I forget the stat. I think they did like 30,000. Could that be possible? 30,000 COVID tests once they got to the bubble and zero positives. And part of that's obviously in Canada where, where the rate is way down in the first place. But that's just amazing that they could have pulled that off. And I, I watched a couple partial games, you know, just to check it out. And I turned it off pretty quickly because, again, if it's the Red Wings, I'm going to be a band bandwanger bandwagoner if you will and jump on their their uh you know success and they suck so i don't watch much hockey but just the field in the arenas you know just just looking at them empty you know they didn't even attempt to put fans like the nba did i think it did add something in the nba i really do it really we've talked about it numerous times on the show something about how the nba presented this finals and you even see like the nba finals court like it looks legit it's just something about it. it. They really did like the perfect job of kind of encapsulating like what an NBA game feels like. I think the NBA too. What's cool is I've heard some coaches talk about like at the beginning of this whole bubble thing, and then especially once the playoffs started, how important it was for the bench players to bring the energy because there was no fans. So this it really gives you like an AAU type of vibe because it's like these these guys are all just like buddies back in like high school or college again playing ball. And, and cheering and talking trash and and doing all this stuff from the bench. So I th- that's been a cool thing too to see like all the bench celebrations. They're like what all the bench players are doing during the game because without their energy, there almost literally is nothing in there. So that that's been cool to see with the NBA game. So the top four rankings of uh, of watching on television: NBA number one, NFL looks like number two. It's still real good product to watch on television. You know, I'd probably just put baseball slightly ahead of hockey just because I like baseball better than hockey. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I guess, just because I really haven't watched. <laughs> Man, I, don't, I, I think I probably the same thing. I might have turned on one or two hockey games to see it, but that is it. Yeah. So, I, I put, if we're counting college football, unless you're just talking to four major sports. No, we could throw college football, college football in. Yeah, I think college football's done all right. It's starting to finally crank into gear. We had a big weekend last weekend with the SEC underway. I mean, Mississippi State, that was that was awesome to yep. see. I mean, I think we're going to see more of that now that they have the season all screwed up because of COVID. It could be it could be interesting uh, what happens. Let's let's keep it here on college football for just a moment. Your guys' thoughts now that we have SEC football, and I'm, you must have watched some of it. This is it's officially returning back. It's kind of how this weekend felt to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the SEC, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to get a little biased, but they clearly, like, they're still the best conference in football. I mean, I, I obviously still love the Big Ten and love my Michigan Wolverines, but some of the teams, when you see Mike Leach go out there and even, like, Florida and Ole Miss, like, they, they go out there and just, like, score a, a billion points. You know, you have to wonder, like, can any conference actually ever compete with the SEC right now? But, you know, yeah, you do wonder. They're starting to allow some fans, and some of these stadiums are allowing fans. And Notre Dame, though, hasn't even practiced for, like, two weeks. And some of this other stuff is going on. So you just wonder, like, how the rest of the season is going to go. Well, we're going to be getting into some Big Ten talk here a little further down the road as we still got almost a month before they tee it up. But I, I did have one comment to make. You guys know I was a McCaffrey guy, but I was I was fine with Milton getting the job. And that's, that's about where I left it. But, my goodness, people are out of their minds thinking that he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I know Michigan fans are completely fanatical, but shouldn't we calm down and let him maybe get a couple games under his belt before we, needed, we christen we need him? We some sort of bright spot. We needed it. Is that what and it is? What, if we were going back, if we were running it back with McCaffrey, there was literally nothing about this Michigan football season that got me excited. But how do you go from fighting for the job you know, I, I think probably if they would have had Vegas odds, McCaffrey might have been 51 to 49 going into the competition. How do you go from that 
to all of a sudden, you know, oh, Milton might be a Heisman candidate or, you know, all that. I mean, I, I know he's he's got a big upside, but it let him play some games. What, it reminds me of when uh, Denard Robinson took over Tate Forcier that yeah. year. Yeah. And it was the same sort of thing. It was a big uh, quarterback battle going in. And then as soon as Denard was given, like, the keys, like, everyone was all in, like, this guy is going for Heisman. Surely. It's a little bit unrealistic, but it still is entertaining mm-hmm. nonetheless. That just it, I mean, it I, irked me a bit. Yeah, I think part of it, too, is, yes, there probably are some fans out there who legitimately think that he's going to win the Heisman this year. I think people are also just like being stupid about it <laughs> and starting Heisman campaigns and saying that he's going to be the next Pat Mahomes and stuff like that. I don't know. I, th- I don't think many people are being very serious with those takes. Hey, let's just hope he's a solid quarterback and better than Shea Patterson, right? Jared? Exactly. There. Yeah. All right. We'll have a little bit of uh, tettertainment tonight coming up next, but first... I want to tell you about the Corona Connection, coronaconnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at coronaconnection.com. And speaking of Corona, Advanced Elevator features top expert field techs for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Hankered Sportswear, they're the area's number one clothing and more printing business. Owasso Corona and St. Paul Spiritwear in stock. And they offer all other area school items at request. Located in the heart of Owasso, at 116 West Exchange. Follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportwear. All right, let me start off uh, this segment here on Tedertainment tonight. I have a few things in my notes, but the one thing that I am so pumped up, and I watched it last night over Monday Night Football. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. I checked in with Monday Night Football, but I watched... Hey, he can't stand that broadcast booth. Ooh, the company man, it hurt, it hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like a little criticism. That's okay. Uh, it's not, I like it's not, it. It's not the criticism. It's that uh, it's like the end-all, be-all. It's uh, the Tedertainment Tonight review. Okay. He, doesn't like the, he doesn't like the broadcast booth. That's what it is. I should have I I put that I, in okay, here. Okay, I don't even know what you're about to say, but this better be you were watching, uh, I don't even know, like a, a time travel video of, like, when Jesus was on earth or something, because the fact that you didn't watch the Ravens versus Chiefs last night, almost, I think you should almost be like suspended from this show for a week. <laughs> well, but whatever. Let's see. Just, so you know, did you, you sit and watch the whole game? I, I watched till halftime when it was okay. apparent that the Chiefs were running away with it. Well, by the way, just so you know, in my viewing patterns, if I'm watching something else, you guys know I do DVR it and I catch up. And the game got out of hand pretty early. So let's just throw that to the side. I watched some of it, but I did not specifically tune in for Monday Night Football. I watched enough of it to see that the Chiefs are still really good and they still have uh, the the, the uh, Ravens number. But my, I was excited about a show that was on FX. I've been waiting about three years for this. The Return of Fargo. Have you guys checked into Fargo at all? Heard anything about it? I've seen a little bit of it and um, I, some of my friends rave about that show and basically said the same thing. They've just been waiting for it to come back. So I'm still surprised that you didn't watch Monday Night Football, but that, I think this is a, a valid alternative. Yeah, and I, I will say this. Uh, since it was about a three-and-a-half-year wait, you know, if, if there's a really good show that you just can't wait to tune in on, okay, this was on Sunday night. I recorded it but watched it when I got home from work, so I didn't miss that much of the football game. But this was tremendous. I mean, it, it was a two-parter. Season season four, episode one and two. Chris Rock is is electric. He plays this. The whole concept of this is the Kansas City mob, starting in about uh, nineteen hundred all the way up to what they're filming now in nineteen fifty. And you got Chris Rock's game gang against the Italian gang, and that's all you need to know. And if you watched any of the other seasons of Fargo, there's all kinds of twists and turns. Very well filmed. The script is outstanding. Highly recommend it if you want to watch some good entertainment. You don't even have to see the other three seasons to uh, to get into this one. So Fargo on FX, that's my first recommendation here on Tedertainment tonight. Fargo is one of those shows where each season is kind of like a season in itself, right? It sort of ties into other seasons, but not enough to where you 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 don't miss anything. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that. But yeah, I was going to bring up um, something that. I know, Jared, you, you said that you've watched it a little bit or people have yep. been talking about it a lot on Twitter and social media is Social Dilemma, and it's a documentary basically bashing 
social media. I mean, talking about like, but like legitimately talking, they, they interview the creators, people who are behind Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, people who are behind the design. And like, they talk to the guy who invented the like button on Facebook and people who are behind monetizing Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So not just like people like you and I, or, you know, the three of us, legitimate business people behind the creators you know, of, of social media talking about basically how it's affecting our lives and for the most part how it's ruining our society and how these algorithms that are created for social media to keep us engaged and on these apps and on these websites are actually like having a negative effect on social media and on elections and and all this other or on on the society and elections and stuff like that so super interesting it's one of those like when you're watching it you're just like I don't, almost like blown away the whole time you're watching it because you're sitting there like, yeah, this, this does happen to me. Then I can see myself doing this. And you're like looking at your phone and you start wondering like, is this thing controlling me? Like what is going on? So I, I definitely recommend watching The Social Dilemma. Now is that a, is that a, just a one-parter? Yep. Yeah, one part. Uh, I think a couple hours. hours. You know, a couple hours long. Definitely easy to watch because it's super engaging and interesting. So I, I think it'd be right up your alley, Ted, because, you know, you, you ripped on Jared's generation or whatever sometimes <laughs> about how much they're on their phone. So I, I think you'd I think you be interested in it for sure. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Uh, another one I want to get into real quick is, uh, you know, we were talking about the big debate tonight between uh, Joe Biden and President Trump uh, on Showtime, a two-parter with maybe my favorite actor, Jeff Daniels, playing Jim Comey, the former head of the FBI, and his confrontation with Donald Trump and from what I understand uh, the reviews are real high and I do have showtime so I'm going to definitely watch it uh looking forward to that one it's called yeah. the Comey rule what is it about Jeff is it because you interviewed him all ways back or it just it's just bizarre that, that you're like a super fan of Jeff Daniels it's such a random guy it, it and is. it just shows well, that there every celebrity has some weird cult following <laughs> somewhere along there like it just really doesn't he I, I kid you not he talks about Jeff Daniels probably once every time I, I see him well, who was your favorite I man, right off the top of my red favorite, or like Will Smith probably is right up there. Will Smith, huh? Yeah. Okay, I, it's just, but that's like a common one. But Jeff Daniels, you don't think is Jeff like, Daniels is, a, is a kind of a common one as being one of? The, I mean, he's won uh, Emmy, he's won an Oscar, he's won a Tony. I mean, and he's from Michigan. Yeah, I, I, the part that I interviewed him that that ties in a little bit for sure. But uh, I think he's he's one of America's great actors. I really do. How about you, Matt? You got a favorite? I don't know if Jeff Daniels would be up there. I like Jeff Daniels a lot because he's one of those guys that he doesn't do a lot of stuff, but, like, whatever he does do is very good. So, you know, he's, like, reliable in that sense. Um, if I had to name a favorite, I mean, I like Will Smith a lot. I really I really do like basically everything he does. Leonardo DiCaprio is yeah. probably my favorite, though. Yeah. If I had to pick one guy um, who would be my favorite, I'd probably say Leo. That's, just, but, that's very I mean, there's solid. A bu- there's a bunch of actors that I like, so. Yeah, Probably Den- Leo and Will Smith. That'd be my pick, though. Yeah, Denzel Washington's right up there, too. Other outstanding ones. Den- Denzel, to me, I like Denzel a lot, but, like, he's a little over the top sometimes in some of his movies. Like, he- he's, a, I mean, he's a ridiculously good actor, but I, some of his roles, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I can't, like, believe this very much. Yeah. All right. Well, I had a couple more, but I'll save them for a future uh, entertainment tonight. Before we wrap up this podcast, I should. Uh, Wish uh, Jared well on his journey. You got a big, uh, big trip heading out to Arizona, right? Heading out west, yep. Uh, leaving tomorrow, so I haven't flown in about since I was about five years old. Right. I'm a little bit of like a paranoid type guy, so I'm a little bit worried on what that's gonna be like at takeoff time. But we'll see. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to say the least. Well, at least you're 21, so you could get a cocktail if you had to. to calm I don't know down. if that'll help. I, that might make it worse. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine, but uh, you got a, a itinerary already lined up. Or are you leaving that to your brother? I'm not an itinerary guy. That's, no. I know that's probably something you would do. It is something probably I would do have for it sure. Totally planned. I'd out have a three from... ring binder all set for yeah. stuff I want to do for <laughs> sure. I do you say that like kind of jokingly, but I think it's somewhat true. No, it's 100 um, percent true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, but I basically we'll get there. We'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, so it's Tempe, Arizona, is where we're going. Nice, nice. I, I don't know if I'm on three-ring binder level of planning, but I'm definitely more planning maybe than what Jared is. Because sometimes I think, like, if you just go somewhere, you're going to hang out with your brother, you'll figure it out. But sometimes, like, if you go on a vacation and you have that, like, ah, we're just going to wing it, you end up, like, wasting away a lot of time because you're trying to figure out what to do. 
So here, there's there's value in having things planned out. I can understand that. Here's the difference. We're going to Tempe, Arizona. We're not exactly going to Disney World. Like I could see planning right. something out if you're going to Disney World, but if you're going to like Tempe, somewhere that's really you know kind of more of just like the weather and just kind of the general like vibe. I don't think you need to plan it as much. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, for your especially in your age group, you know. I mean, when you get a little older. You get married and settle down, you'll find the value of having something kind of at least somewhat scripted out. doesn't mean you can't go off script, but it's nice to know, like Matt said, you're, you know, you'll get up in the morning and it's, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, maybe this? Nah, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, <laughs> And then, you, like you said, you spend half your time trying to figure out what to do. Well, I guess I could yeah. do that on the way down. <laughs> there you go. It'll give you something to do on the plane. Are you plane. taking, yeah. you taking your clubs? No, I think I might rent some clubs when I'm down there, though. I at least want to check out some golf courses and see what they look like. Uh, I'll be interested to see how those work. The only problem is uh, I don't have anyone to golf with. Brother is not a golfer whatsoever, so that's, oh. the, that's, the, only, that's the only hitch. Maybe you can grab one of his friends, though, that maybe golfs. Maybe yeah. that, Who knows? Would you ever go out and just show up to a golf course by yourself? I have done that numerous yeah. times. It's just a little different when you're in Arizona and you're taking your girlfriend. And yeah, it's can't true. quite just, you know. Fly, fly to the ship. So. Well, well, by the way, Matt, you'll enjoy this. Uh, Jared made his uh, color commentary play by pl- or color commentary debut Friday night. Did an outstanding job. Might it might be in line for Monday Night Football someday. Yeah, if he lives up to Ted's standards, he definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> you would think the that he's he's proud for the Monday Night Football booth. Well, when they some some schools don't have room in the booth, so we'll utilize him on the sidelines for those. But if we have room in the booth, they let us in the booth. We'll we'll put a mic on him up there. Okay. And we might even oh. – I, I got a game lined up. Maybe I might even let him do play-by-play for a whole game. So we'll see what happens. Uh-oh. Yeah, we'll yeah, definitely you better be get your three-ring binder if you're going to do play-by-play. You got to be prepared. <laughs> yep. Yeah, don't rely on my homework for that night, young man. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's call it good, guys. Uh, follow us. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and uh, we appreciate all you people tuning in. Also, our next Z92.5 Game of the Week is this coming Friday. It's Chessonine at Ovid Elsie. And I guess Bart and I will have to get by without Jared for that one. Speaking of Jared, for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thank you again for supporting Three Point Podcast. And don't forget, if you haven't already registered, you got time to register to vote and make sure you do vote this election. So long, everybody. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.